0: So as I mentioned earlier, today is Pentecost Sunday, which is mostly celebrated in mainline churches and Catholic church. But this is a great holiday that I want to take hold of. This is the time when prophecy from Joel was fulfilled, where God poured out his Holy Spirit on all humankind, young and old, men and women. Um, On that day, Jesus' Spirit came to dwell within followers of Christ. It's an amazing thing to to commemorate and think about. And we we talk a lot about Easter in church and and the resurrection, but we don't often dwell on what happened directly after that, which is after Jesus' resurrection, he stayed around in his resurrected glorified body for 40 days and just hung out with various people. We don't have all of what happened. We only have a few little stories. They met with the disciples. He revealed himself to them and some other people. For 40 days. And then in Luke 24, 49, he told his disciples, I'm going to be ascending to the Father. And he told his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that his Father would give them of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told them that having his Spirit in their lives was better for them than walking with him Physically, in his physical body. Um, he said, it's better that I leave. Because if I leave, I can send the Spirit. I'm sure the disciples couldn't have, uh, couldn't have imagined that that could possibly be true. Because they had walked with Jesus for three years of his ministry. They'd walked with him you know, for some of that 40 days he was around. Having him around, he, he was their guy. How could having the Holy Spirit be superior to that? Having his Spirit within them. Jesus was telling them that a new age was coming at Pentecost. Previously, when these disciples asked, had questions, or lacked power, or were simply confused in life, and they asked Jesus to explain things to them, he would try several times to explain himself to them. And often, on a fundamental level, they just didn't understand what he was saying. And he'd have to really clarify that for them uh, big time. Furthermore, Jesus could do things the disciples didn't expect that anyone could do. He did, like, miraculous things in response to their questions. Uh, thinking of the times that he, that he fed uh, 5,000 people with two fish and two loaves. You know, the disciples, he was trying to teach them how to, how to function in ministry when he was gone. And he said, they said, what should we do to feed all these people that have come to listen to you out in, the, out in the country? And he goes, you feed them. And they are like, we only have this little bit. And he goes, bring it to me. And he breaks it, and he provides food for all the people there, probably, probably much more than 5,000, that was only men, uh, 10,000 people, and everyone had their fill, and there was plenty of food left over. That was the kind of thing that Jesus did. Um, but this old age of walking with Jesus in his physical body on earth with the disciples was coming to an end. Um, so when Jesus said that it was going to be better when his spirit came, Uh, He was saying, my spirit is going to dwell within each of you. Uh, He said, in this new age, followers and believers in me, when they lack power, when they have questions, when they're simply confused in life and don't know what to do, Jesus' spirit within them will now give them direction, provide power, and share wisdom internally in their lives. Every believer and so it is with us today. It says in Ephesians that every one of us has Jesus the Spirit living within us who know Jesus as Lord of our lives. Every one of us in 1 Corinthians 2.16 have access to the mind of Christ, Christ the person, uh, within ourselves. So n- no longer walking with Jesus side by side in his physical body, but each of us has the Holy Spirit, all humankind. It's an amazing thing. And we, when we Tap into the spirit of Christ living within us through prayer, through stillness, through studying the Word, uh, through worship. You know, we get to experience at a deeper level that wisdom, guidance, and power of Christ that His disciples experienced with Him when they walked side by side with Him. It's an amazing thing, Pentecost Sunday. And I praise God for that today on this Pentecost Sunday. We're talking about an aspect of what it looks like for us to walk in Jesus' spirit today. And in particular, what it looks like for us followers of Jesus and believers who have Jesus' spirit within us to share the good news by the power of Jesus' spirit within us. We're going to look at Acts 8, 1-8. Uh, through 8. It says this. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. So if you've been reading in the Mission 119 readings, this was Monday of last week that we read this passage in Acts 8. And what happened right before this passage was, uh, this, this guy named Stephen, who had amaz- some amazing uh, gifts, he had been killed by opponents of Christianity, been murdered stoned to death. And he was a very well-loved uh, follower of Jesus. He was someone that people thought well of, both inside the church and outside the church. So when he, when he was actually murdered for just simply being a Christian and uh, in, in stoned to death, uh, it caused a big uproar And a great persecution broke out against the church, and the church was scattered all over the place. So everyone after Pentecost had been hanging out in Jerusalem, having a good time, breaking bread, sharing the good news. And this persecution came, and they were all scattered all around. And this was part of God's plan, to get the message about salvation through Jesus to the whole world, to get out of there. So God used this persecution. Uh, So interestingly, you see this guy in verse 3, Saul he began to destroy the church. He went from house to house and dragged off men and women and put them in prison. This is Saul, who later became a follower of Jesus through, through, through an encounter with the risen Lord as he was traveling. And his name was changed to Paul. And he became the person who wrote most of our New Testament in the Bible, which is an amazing thing. But at this point, he was, he was that leading up the persecution. So going from house to house, Saul dragged off both men and women and put them into prison. Those who had been scattered, all the people that, that were following Jesus, preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For the shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. this is interesting in verse 4 it says those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went and this is something that pastor sober pointed out in our readings this week this word for preach is not the word that's used for a formal setting like this where i preach a sermon to you or where you might be in another church this word for preach it's literally translated as to gossiped or gospelized so in other words they they just kind of shared all the things that Jesus was doing in their lives about what he did at Pentecost, what he did while he was on the earth physically. The Christians simply went about sharing what was happening in their lives and talking about Jesus. Very simple. Very simple. I think a lot of us read that word, they went around preaching and we're like, Yeah, but not, not me. I, I don't do that. This is not what you see before you. <laughs> this is a life that is surrendered to Jesus, someone who's made Jesus Lord who has something to share, simply overflowing with the good things that God has done in their lives. Uh, they just went around talking about, boasting about, uh, gossiping about the private things that Jesus was doing in their lives. So, gospelize. <laughs> it's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool word, I think. And that's a word that uh, Pastor Soper shared. Uh, it's something that all of us can do. But the first point of this thing is, it doesn't work if you don't have anything to share. (laughs) And you only have something to share if you really are following Jesus. If you're really applying uh, the word of God to your life and you're really surrendered to Jesus and you're really seeing him move and work, then you have something to share. Um, But all of us are called to preach in this kind of way. Um, I've said it many times before, but each of us as a Christian, uh, follower of God, uh, to whatever degree our lives are in line with God or whatever, each of us are, have been set on this earth in very particular places and times. It says in Acts that God actually has a plan for where he puts every one of his ministers on earth. It might seem random, the job that you're at, or the job that you left, or the family of origin you came from, or the neighborhood that you live in, but God foreknew and foreplanned for you to be his disciple, to be his gossiper, and then he placed you in a very particular place. The problem isn't with the fact that there aren't enough people out there who follow Jesus. The problem is that not everyone is talking about him with the people around them. But you, church, individual in this church, you may be the only person that God has on the ground in that situation, in that job, in that friendship, in that family unit, who has the words of life. It's so vitally important that we be surrendered to Jesus, that we don't fragment our lives into, this is church on Sunday mornings, and then I have my job, and then I have my family, then extended family, friends, and have all these different compartments, because people are dying For lack of knowledge about salvation through Jesus, and then they die without Him. But God has provided all of the ministers needed, and placed them strategically in all these places. It is not by accident. He's looking for people who will simply offer their imperfect selves as a living sacrifice, who is willing to just talk about what Jesus has done for them, very simply. You know, I, lo- I, loved how, I loved this translation of preach the word. And I think to myself, man, no one reads that and thinks to themselves, oh, just preaching about the cool thing that God did, you know? Um, you know, the time that, uh, the time that, that Jackie and I were, uh, had a car issue and we, we were really struggling with how to pay for it, and then we got a check in the mail that was ex- pretty much exactly, by just a couple cents, what we needed to pay for that car repair. Those kinds of things that we can just gossip about. Like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Well, we, we had this car trouble. We didn't know what we were going to do. And then this check came in the mail. And God just provided for us. That's something, that's a living word. Something that God actually did in your life that you can just gossip to people about. You're not boasting about it. You're just saying, look, God is real. God is at work. God's at work in, my, in our lives. And he loves you. And he wants to be at work in your life as well. This is the kind of preaching uh, that we do, just sharing, bearing witness to God in our life, gossiping the gospel. I just love that. So, that's, my, that's, that's a huge challenge I have for you, just in my heart, um, this morning. That you would not think of yourself as a randomly placed person who's following Jesus. You are the person uh, for someone uh, who God has put in a particular place for a particular reason. So be on the lookout uh, to, to share about God with people and about what he's doing in your life. So a second way that uh, spirit-filled Christians share the good news we see in Acts 8, starting in verse 26. And Now this is a very, <laughs> this, is, this is a great illustration of God's placing people in certain places and situations. So here we go. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road and and the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandig, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. You understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all of the towns until he reached Caesarea. So this is the second way that spirit-filled Christians share the good news with with people around them they graciously share the word now i want you to notice some of the things that this passage says philip led by the holy spirit again um, he was in a place where he was looking to be used by god the holy spirit said go to this particular place and he hears this guy reading the scriptures and he very graciously asks him this simple question do you understand what you're reading And the man invites him into this dialogue. How can I, unless someone explains it to me? And then he invites Philip into this chariot with him. It's a super gracious uh, example of someone who's not being pushy, who's surrendered to the Lord, who's being loving, and who is simply uh, simply gently offering that relationship to someone. Uh, Philip uh, looked at the verse the guy was reading and he began where the guy was at and then explained to him the whole good news this is such a sensitive and gentle example of of just how relationships work you know sometimes we think about evangelism as being like cold calling or our calling leads for for a business or something it's not like that if, The best kind of sharing of the gospel comes through these gracious relationships where we actually we don't take the the word of God and just slam someone with it. We take time to get to know them. I know this was a short amount of time here but look at the example here. We we gently say say to ourselves with God and the Holy Spirit, where is this person at? What do they need? How are are you working in their life? And we are invited into a relationship uh, where we and then we, we look at where they're at in regard to the word of God or, or look at look where they're at in regard to, to faith in Christ. And we start where they're at. We don't demand that they start here. We say, where are you? You're here. And we gently lead them like the way that Jesus has led us towards the truth of the word of God, graciously sharing the word of God. You can share the word of God like a sledgehammer or you can share it graciously you can, be, you can invite people into this dialogue where you, they, they, they realize that you value them as a person. It's not about converting someone. And really, no relationship is. We love people and spend time with people and look for opportunities, not because they're a checkbox of our list, but because we actually love them. Uh, because God's put that love in us. And that love doesn't change regardless of what decision they make to follow or not follow Jesus. Um, it's about loving a person where they're at, and asking God, again as a spirit-filled Christian, give me an opportunity to graciously explain the word to this person. And again, you may be the only person in that person's life who, and increasingly so, in the last century, there's there's fewer and fewer threads of Christianity or Bible knowledge or, or knowledge of God, we'll just say, in our society. It's just disappearing. People don't have a foundation of like, oh, I've heard those stories. Oh, yeah, I was in Sunday school. People are second, third, fourth generation with no experience of church, faith, Jesus at all. It's more important than ever that we realize how vital each each of us is in the kingdom and how strategically God's placed us and how he wants to use us to share uh, either by gossiping about what God's doing in our lives or... By graciously sharing the word of God in relationship uh, with people, and, uh, and and you know even when we talk about um, going out to, 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 to try to meet people to share with them, that great that grace that graciousness is an, is uh, is is a principle that is is in all good sharing of the word of God, because God was gracious with us. We need to be gracious with other people and, ge- and genuine in our love and steadfast in our love. So these are the two ways that I see us, us spirit-filled Christians, regular everyday people, to preach and to, and to share. And it's all only possible because of Pentecost. Because Jesus ascended, and then he gave us his Holy Spirit. So that when we, are, when we have questions, or we lack power, or we're confused, or we're, we're just looking for that kind of input that the disciples looked for from Jesus, it now lies within us uh, through, through Jesus Christ, it lies, lies without us in the written word of God, which the Holy Spirit illuminates. Um, and his work in our lives is not just for us. It's for the people that he has put us among and placed us uh, strategically uh, for his kingdom so that they can come to know Jesus, so that they, when they have questions, when they are confused, when they lack wisdom, when they need a, a supernatural miracle or touch, and when they need salvation, they too can turn inwardly to the Lord Jesus Christ um, and, and experience the presence and power of God that we've been given. We have so much. And, uh, and to whom much is given, the Bible says, much is required. You know, I think of myself as being, because I'm, because I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus and I've been forgiven of my sins, imperfect as I am, because it's honestly, you know, it's a roller coaster of... of uh, how we how we how we do in life, but because I am a Christian, because Jesus is the Lord of my life, I've been given this great gift, and to keep it to myself would be terrible. I mean, it's it's like having the the antidote to a sickness and keeping it to yourself when other people around you are dying. You know, we've been given so much, and God is asking us to pour it back out, and He promises that when we take what we have, our, our little gossipy stories of, you know, you know what I mean by that. The, the things Jesus is doing in our life, we take that little bit and we share that, and we think about graciously sharing the word of God in a relationship with people. Uh, God blesses that. He promises that if we give what little we have inside to the people that have nothing, that he will make us clean on the inside and the outside. That's the message of Jesus. Um, so, ma- so many things that Jesus said, focus, said were uh, Everyone in the world focuses on these things. What we'll eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear, where we'll go to church. How long is the sermon really going to be? He's just going on and on and on. We focus on all these worldly concerns. And Jesus says, one thing is needed, right? Focus on me. Seek first my my kingdom and my righteousness. making me the Lord of your life, and I will take care of all that stuff you're concerned about. That's a very consistent message in in the Bible. So this morning, uh, God has given me, as we close, a new song to share with you. As I came into the office this morning, and I was thinking about Pentecost, you know, God put a song on my heart that I wanted to share with you. So I'm going to read you this verse, and this is the actual passage where the Holy Spirit fell on people. And I want to tell you, the miracle in this passage is that all these people who were gathered in Jerusalem from all different parts of the earth, from all different language groups, they all heard the gospel in their own language because the Holy Spirit allowed the disciples to speak known languages that were represented in that little community. It's really quite remarkable. So Acts 2, 1-12, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house, How is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What Pentecost means is that everyone in this world, um, this is what it means for us. God's placed us strategically in certain situations and places in this world. And he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's tasked us with, with learning, uh, with, with through the Spirit, translating the gospel in a way that people can understand and hear around us. The miracle of Pentecost is that everyone heard the good news in their own language. And that's still true today. Jesus Christ, through the Spirit within Believers that he places where he places them is looking to share the good news of salvation relationship with others in this world uh, through each of us. And we might be the only person or one of a very few people or the only Christian of many Christians who's ever actually shared with those people. As sad as that might be. We need to take that responsibility seriously and realize that God wants to do a great miracle through that. So I think it's a miracle if I could remember the song I wrote. So as we sing the song, look at that Romans passage. Just offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Offer yourself to him as a translator of the gospel, as a vital minister in this world.
1: the day of Pentecost came they all gathered in one place suddenly the sound of a mighty wind came and filled that place the day of Pentecost came they all gathered in one place suddenly the sound of a mighty wind come and filled that place With love Spirit fall on me Like you fell on them Fall on me Spirit fall on me Like you fell on them Fall on me Spirit, fall on me like you fell on them. Fall on me. Spirit, fall on me like you fell on them. Fall on me. day of Pentecost came they all gathered in one place suddenly the sound of a mighty wind came and filled that place when the day of Pentecost came they all gathered in one place suddenly the sound of a mighty wind came and filled that place the oh your love spirit fall on me like you fell on them fall on me spirit fall on me like you fell on them fall on me Spirit, fall on me, like you fell on them, fall on me, Spirit, fall on me, like you fell on them, Lord, fall on me. Fall me. on me, Lord, fall on me, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Oh, God, how I
0: need you. Jesus, I pray that you would make this church a haven for training and equipping the saints to reach their city for the gospel. That would not be a one-time event because I cannot reach all these people in this city, God. You have placed ministers here. I pray for your people, Lord, as they offer themselves here. That you would begin to embolden them, Lord. That You would fill them with the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit. That this would not be a burdensome message, God, but, but one that you enliven, that you come into, that you instruct them in how this looks for them. We know it's all by your grace, God. We know there's nothing that we could do that can make you love us less or love us more. But Lord, we want to be agents of your kingdom. We want to be people to share the good news and the good things that you've given us with those in our lives, God. So equip us, God. Fill us with your Spirit on this day when we remember that initial time when you came to earth. Refill us, God. And we echo the words of St. Paul who said, be filled with the Spirit continually. We need you. More of you.
1: Spirit, fall on me like you fell on them, fall on me. Spirit, fall on me like you fell on them, fall on me.
0: Praise your name, Lord. You're so good. You're so faithful. Bless your church today, God. Give them your peace and your presence and your wisdom. We thank you that you are behind everything. You are the great shepherd of shepherds. You are the one who has everything under control and you are a perfect peace. Let us experience that peace in our lives, God, and walk in the Spirit. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done in Saratoga as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray.